Welcome to the Just Ingredients Podcast. I'm Cara Lynn, and here we talk all things nourishing to the mind, body, and soul. This is a place where you can find just good ingredients to life. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offers plant-based nutrition made with high-quality ingredients. Each Organifi blend is science-backed to craft the most effective doses with ingredients that are organic and free of fillers and contain less than 3 grams of sugar per serving. Like Organifi green juice with essential superfoods and a clinical dose of ashwagandha. It helps reduce stress and support healthy cortisol levels or Organifi Gold, a superfood tea that supports rest and relaxation so you can wake up feeling refreshed. Each Organifi blend is easy to use by simply mixing it with water or your favorite beverage while on the go, and they don't compromise quality for taste. Organifi takes pride in offering the best tasting superfood products on the market at a price that works out to less than $3 a day. You can experience Organifi's high-quality superfoods without breaking the bank. Go to www.organifi.com backsplash Carlin and use code Carlin K-A-R-A-L-Y-N-N-E for 20% off any item in the store. That's Organifi.com backsplash Carlin and code Carlin for 20% off any item. Dr. Anna Maria Temple is a best-selling author, mother of three, an award-winning speaker at Harvard Club of Boston, and has had over 100 TV, news, and podcast appearances. From 2016 to 2017, she lived and worked in the New Zealand medical system, where she started putting functional medicine into practice. In her 22-year career, she has treated over 36,000 patients in person and hundreds via online courses. Her passion is to inspire, educate, and empower parents to revamp their family's health and prevent children from developing chronic disease. I am so excited to have Dr. Temple here with us. I follow her on Instagram. I just love the stuff that she teaches. And she has been in this practice, like I said, for over 22 years. And so I'm excited to just ask you a ton of questions and pick your brain. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited. I truly have been counting down the did the days. Oh, you're so nice. You're so nice. Okay, so first, tell my followers a little bit about yourself, your background, how you got into functional medicine, things like that. Yeah, I am. I'm actually born in Romania, which is uh, an interesting tidbit. And yes, I was a gymnast because everyone who comes out of Romania is has to have been in gymnastics. <laughs> and my family immigrated here in 1984. And uh, anyway, my dream was always to become a pediatrician, always specifically pediatrics, never just a doctor. And I went to traditional medical school and all's well. And then I had children. And in 2007, I had by that time I had three kids. I was in medical practice five years. And uh, one day I looked at my children and uh, they were all sick with asthma, eczema, ADHD, continuous snot, seasonal allergies. And they were all on meds. The amount of meds that I was carrying around to vacations and travels was astronomical. There was like their own suitcase of drugs. And I took my three ring circus to the doctor one day and I lined them all up on the table and I was like, okay, what is the root cause of these people's continuous snot congestion, eczema, ADHD, and so on and so forth. And, you know, the doctor that saw them was like, well, for the little one, the two-year-old who couldn't even go outside on an Easter egg hunt because his eyes would swell shut, he would be covered in hives and he would be writhing on the ground, scratching himself to bleed it. They're like, there's 
just no more meds we can give him. He was on five allergy meds at that time. The wow. only next option that we have is allergy shots. He was two years old. Wow. And my daughter, they were like, well, she has asthma, so she can take a daily inhaled steroid every day. And she has eczema, so she can do daily steroid every day. And then for our senior allergies, she can take a uh, daily Zyrtec and that will keep her seasonal, uh, her asthma and her eczema away. She's going to outgrow her recurrent ear infections and recurrent croup. She'll eventually stop needing antibiotics and recurrent steroids. And then, you know, for my middle one who had the kind of snot, let me tell you about the kind of boogers that you're like, who, what mama allows that child out of the house? Like these days, they wouldn't be allowed in school on a plane or in the grocery store. And there were just not enough dishes in Costco. And he was just a disgusting mess. And I don't even pay attention to what they said at that point about his ADHD because I had checked out. And, you know, I, being a doc, I was a pediatrician. That was my job. And I had no idea what to do. None. And wow. then my mama warrior, I know nothing. And my mama warrior woke up and was like, what? The children's life story is chronic daily meds for the rest of their lives under no circumstances is that the rest of their story. I don't know how we're going to do it, but these kids are coming off meds. You know, when the mama warrior takes over, right, it's right. on. And I didn't know what to do. Anyway, a week later, I went to my kid's school and they had a, a nutritionist was coming to give a talk. And I always went to these conferences at schools, but I'll, I, I will confess that I would walk in like, I know everything. I mean, was she going to tell me, you know, I'm a doctor. So, uh, but I'll tell you on that Tuesday morning, it's 730 in the morning, the fog lifted and I saw clearly the issue and the root cause of my children's chronic disease. All she talked about was sugar. And uh -huh. I started thinking of how I feed my children. I mean, I was giving them a fruit at lunch and a vegetable at dinner. So therefore they seemed like they had balanced diets. Well, let me tell you that Tuesday night I came home and I went into that pantry and I threw out the Lucky Charms and Cinnamon Toast Crunch and the mac and cheese and the juice boxes and the chocolate milks and the uh, orange peanut butter and cracker things. And the, I mean, you name a garbage, we had it. And I'll tell you, that's when... I became an outcast in my family. My husband was like, what? What are we doing? Mm -hmm. Why are we throwing away perfectly good food? What does food have to do with anything? And my friends thought I lost my mind. My family pretty much crossed me off their will, you know? And then I persisted and I persevered. Because as I said, once the mama warrior takes over, you're like, all the naysayers stand back. I'm coming right. through. And over right. the next five years, my kids got off the medicines. They stopped needing antibiotics, stopped needing steroids. The asthma medicines went away. The allergy medicines went away. I mean, it was very slow. It was one at the time, but in five years, they were done with that. And by 2016, which was 11 years later, we moved to New Zealand with no doctors, no health insurance, no medications. We lived in a country that we've never lived before for a year and a half. And my children thrived with no chronic disease. And they climbed the highest mountains and bungee jumped off the tallest bridges. And when I came back to the U.S. in 2018, I was like, I'm not doing this the same way again. I'm like, I've seen what the power of lifestyle can do. And in fact, in New Zealand, you know, they don't have, um, they don't have um, malpractice and they don't have Google surveys and they don't have Google reviews or patient satisfaction scores. You're just expected to just be a doctor. 
and mm. just do what needs to be done. And so I practiced that kind of medicine in New Zealand and 90% of my patients got better. And so I saw it in action. And so when I came to the US, I came in a full force and I was like, we're revamping this whole system. Wow. <laughs> Even if I'm just one woman. <laughs> that is a fascinating story. I am, I'm in shock right now. Well, I, I am in shock, but not in shock because you know what I mean? It just surprises me. But let me tell you what surprises me. Let me ask you this question. So in medical school, did you never learn about nutrition then? We spent, I calculated this, we spent about, and I went to a very good medical school, uh, UNC, uh, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, very respectable, 17 hours of nutrition versus 192 hours of pharmacology. And wow. in the nutrition classes, it was like, you know, enough calcium, enough iron, uh, how to do a G tube feed, which is like when some people need to feed through their stomachs or NG feeds, which you feed through the noses. Um, it was more that it was not, how do you teach parents to eat better? It was like, our patients should eat a good diet and they should exercise more, but that was it. There was no like how to do it. Cause People know to do that, but how do you convince people that that's really that important? We spend no time on that. And so they didn't teach um, how to look for the root cause of illnesses either, or did they? The, the way it's taught, it's more like, okay, well, so let's say like you have celiac disease and you have celiac disease because it's a gluten allergy and it's a gluten allergy. And then you are also, there's a genetic component, the end. Uh, if you have eczema, it's a skin issue. You look through the biopsy, it's inflammation related to seasonal allergies. We need topical steroids or sometimes immunomodulators done. And, there no, was no, and no nutrition about it. No nutrition about it. And in fact, I get so much pushback, you know, from uh, people in traditional medicine because they're like, food has nothing to do with eczema. Food has nothing to do with asthma. Uh, insert whatever chronic disease. And I'm just like, mind blown because what I've learned through my journey through my children, my children are my greatest medical accomplishment. And because of them, my mind opened up so much, but I got to tell you before all that happened, obviously I had closed mind. I didn't know what to do when they were super sick because we weren't taught that. That's fascinating because you're the doctor and you didn't know what to do. So that blows my mind. Okay. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is fascinating. Okay, I want to pick your brain about lots of different things um, like eczema, asthma, depression, things like that. But I'm curious to know, what are some of the top issues that you see with um, children that come into your practice? The biggest issue is processed foods and sugar. It, you know, a lot of folks don't know. And it's not, and a lot of folks don't know how to do it or they know to do it. Um, the Unfortunately, in our culture, we have labeled all the garbage as kid food. So culturally, we look down upon others that they give their kids vegetables and they're not going to offer them fast food or sports drinks. They're like, well, you should allow your kids to be fun. You're going to deprive them of a childhood. You're going to deprive them of um, happiness. And so that is a huge obstacle that I see. So I would say that processed foods and sugar, and then I have a huge obstacle coming in from one parent or another, from grandparents that stands in the way, in, of, in the way of, even of the parents that really want to make changes. Okay. That makes sense. I could see that being an issue. 
Okay, so now talking about processed foods and sugars, I'm curious to know what you think is important, important, the most important for kids to really strengthen their immune system right now, especially with have just gone going through COVID-19 and all of that stuff. What to you is the most important for kids to do to strengthen that immune system? Oh my gosh. If we, um, you know, haven't learned from the pandemic, I I don't know what other, (laughs) what other wake up call we need. You know, I, there's like five things that are so critical to everybody's immune system and especially the children, but really for everybody, we've got to start with nutrition. We make cells the way I teach everybody. I'm like, you know, our body makes cell. What does our body make cells from? Like our immune system is made up of cells. Our skin's made up of cells. Brain is made up. of what does the body use to make the cells? Nutrition, minerals and vitamins from food. And if we give our body garbage, because the problem is we have, there's no such thing as junk food. There's junk and then there's food. And I'm not trying to shame anyone. I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty, but that's just what it is. There's junk and there's food. And unfortunately they put a nutrition label on junk, implying there's a nutritional value. So, you know, I used to go like, oh my gosh, well, it has fiber in it and doesn't have that much sugar, it has protein, so we're good. I was never taught to read the ingredients from this stuff. And so, but when we look at the ingredients, those ingredients, like let's say, beat, let's beat up on monosodium glutamate and red 40, the body doesn't know what to do with those. So it takes them and it clogs up a system that is trying, trying to run smoothly. So our immune system goes down by the wayside, tons of medical study to show how nutrition impacts our immune system. And the more processed foods and more American foods we have, the lower our immune system, the more Mediterranean diet, the more fish and fruits and vegetables and plants and nuts and seeds, the better our immune system. Then we have sleep. Sleep is a huge problem these days due to, well, electronics that are keeping everybody awake. You know, fun fact, when there was no electricity, there's no such thing as sleep problems. Oh, interesting. No one has a sleep disorder. Like if you look through the medical literature, no sleep disorders started being reported after the invention of the light bulb. And then they got worse after the TV and they got exponentially worse after, well, our iPhone, which is fabulous. And we love Um, So sleep during sleep is when the immune system wakes up and cleans house. And, you know, I want people to think, think of when your child is sick, when do they get a fever at nighttime when the sun sets, because that's when the immune system wakes up and is like, let's do this. Let's clean house. And when the immune system wakes up, and especially if you're fighting an illness, you're going to get a fever because that's how the body mounts an effective, fast and efficient immune response. Stress. Oh my gosh during this pandemic, the amount of stress, and I think it's getting worse, stress, what happens is that the, when we're stressed, our adrenal, which are glands that sit above the kidneys, create this substance called cortisol. When the body increases cortisol, it, it decreases the immune response because the hormones that want to go and stimulate the immune response are now being taken away and used by cortisol. So there's a very delicate balance in our body that some hormones, you can't have all hormones working all the time. If you have one side like stress working too much, your immune system is down. You're, um, you're not able to have periods or you have really heavy periods because this messes up the sex hormones. You're not able to process sugar because it messes up the insulin. You're not growing because it messes up the insulin growth factor um, hormone. So it is a very delicate balance. Then we have movement. 
we've become an indoor generate well population generation country humans we used to be outside all the time and now with zoom school zoom work zoom everything order from instacart i'm not bashing listen i love my instacart but all this stuff now we don't need to go outside right and, you know when we used to live on a farm and you grow your vegetables in the yard or you used to live in a small town where you would walk to the grocery store and the village um area to get your groceries you'd be out. now we're just like inside indoors indoors lack of sunshine and you know, there's like nature deprivation disorder in our children that is causing tremendous effects on their brains. And lastly, the environmental toxins. I mean, one toxin that has been popularized during the pandemic, bleach. Could we for a second just stop with the bleach? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> the amount of studies that show them in houses where people use bleach all the time, they have more tonsillitis, more colds, more strep throat, more flu. And those studies are not being... Publicized. I mean, not published. They're not, they're not brought to the mainstream media. They're just kind of shoved down way deep down. So we're just pulverizing ourselves with toxins. We're trapped inside our homes and not seeing the sunshine in front of screens or messing our sleep. And we're eating garbage because we're so stressed. Wow. That is that's spot on. And that's a lot for a lot of parents to take in, I'm sure. <gasps> they're very so overwhelming. Well, and talking about environmental toxins, the EPA has even come out and said that people's homes are more polluted, the air in their homes are more polluted than some of these major cities. And it's because of the constant, you know, all-purpose sprays and the bleach and the uh, plug-ins and the, you know, the laundry detergent going and dryer sheets. I mean, you name it. So that's interesting you touched upon that. So if a, if a patient came to you and their immune system is just not working like it should. Um, you tell them these five things, but do you t then teach them what to do for nutrition and teach them what to do with their environmental toxins? Or how do you go about that? I'm so glad you, you said that, that and that it's hard. It is so hard. However, you know, we have to work on those things, but we start with one step at a time. You don't climb Mount Everest in a day and you don't just go from sitting on the couch and climbing Mount Everest or sitting on a couch and running a marathon. You have to take the first step. And after you take the first step, you take the second step. And, you know, I wrote my book specifically to help, number one, to show people how I did the journey. Because when people follow my Instagram account, they're like, oh my gosh, your kids eat this and they eat this, this many color peppers. And, you know, they all work out with you. And it's so amazing. Okay, kids, that was like a 14 year journey. Right, right. I get <laughs> that. I get the right? same thing. Yep. Same thing. And so I'm like, that was 14 years later, you're seeing. You did not. I didn't have Instagram when we first started. And I was at the how to replace the Cheez-Its, right? Because <laughs> yep, it was that. I can relate. And, and then it was how to replace Ritz crackers and how to get rid of the cereal. It was one day at a time. And we put so much pressure on ourselves. And I think that's kind of the bad of social media. That you look at all these people and they're like, oh my God, they got it together. And they have like six kids and they did all the dishes and the house is spotless and they're homeschooling everyone. <laughs> yep. and, right. It's like, and they have a vegetable garden. And, and in my house, it's like the dog just pooped on the floor and my kid just ate the poop. And, you know, the sheets haven't washed in three weeks and there's dishes in the sink. And you're like, right. how am I such an inadequate woman? Because us women, we're not so good at that. Right. Right. And then you beat yourself up and you're like, I'm worthless. I'm like, da, 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 da. First of all, it's 
you know, we act like it's rainbow and unicorns. No, it's not. It's smoke and mirrors, kids, smoke and mirrors, you know, and we all just start with one step. And when my patients come in, we start with one step. Often we go for processed foods and sugar and adding one bite of fruit or one bite of vegetable at every meal. That's the beginning. You know, everybody comes in and they're like, let's do supplements. Which supplements are we going to do? And we're like, no supplements until you (laughs) change your lifestyle. And they're like, what? (laughs) You know, we are ready for like, which, how many supplements can we buy? You have to change the food supplements are just another name for medications when you don't change your lifestyle. Supplements are simply a bridge until your lifestyle takes over. Children should not be on long-term supplements. We do not have a supplement deficiency. That is not what we have. We have a nutrition deficiency, nature deficiency, all the things that we talked about. So we start with the basics. Oh, I love that so much. I can't even tell you how much I love that because- when I had to change my lifestyle, I mean, I'm the same as you 15, 16 years ago. I mean, we had the Lucky Charms, the Frosted Flakes, you name it, you know, everything in the pantry. And when my doctor was like, we have got to change some of this, I was like, hold on. If I get overwhelmed, I just know my personality, I won't do it. So I need to just take one step at a time. And once I got really good with that step, then I moved on to the next one. So I remembered like the day I just felt so good about all the artificial dyes being out of my house. And I was like, okay, I'm like a pro now at artificial dyes. So now I'm going to move on to the next ingredient, you know? So I did take it one step at a time like that as well. So thank you for saying that. Sure. But I'm sure that that didn't getting rid of the food coloring. It wasn't a one day event. Right. Exactly. It probably took you months, years, 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 right? I mean, well, not years of food coloring, but years of replacing items. It, did not happen overnight. And I still tell people, I feel like I'm on a health journey because now I'm looking at things like trying to cook with organ meats, you know, and things that I didn't even think about 15 years ago. I was just thinking about how to replace the Ritz, you know? So it's a constant health journey that we're always on. I say, I totally agree with you. And I think the moment that you go, I'm done, I'm good. I've got it all. That's when you don't got it all. Right. Because the moment we are, we close our mind to what's the next step. And I'm not saying we drive yourself nuts and, you know, can't walk out of your house. What I'm saying is there's always the next thing and don't be overwhelmed by that. It's like, that's right. When you're building your business, it was like, okay, well, I learned this one thing. And now you're like, oh, there's these 20 other things. Now I got a master. And then you do the next thing. It's like, ah, there's 20 more. Same thing with our wellness. It's always something and being comfortable. I think we need to be comfortable to be on the journey and comfortable to say, I don't know, and comfortable to be like, I I made mistakes and that's okay. That's just part of my story. That doesn't make me a bad mom or a bad woman or a bad wife. I didn't know. Right. And now I do. Exactly. Okay. You touched upon supplements a little bit. So I want to come back to supplements. Um, a lot of people ask me like, what supplements are your kids on? And I always say they're not really on any supplements unless they need them. Meaning when someone has a cold in the house, I do put my kids on vitamin C and vitamin D just because I'm like, I, I want to sort of boost everybody's immune system so that this cold doesn't spread like wildfire through the house or whatever. So I love that you say it's a bridge. Um, do you recommend supplements at all for things like you know, when people are sick or when there's a actual medical need for a little extra supplementing? 
Yeah. So that's, uh, you know, that's a great question. I get it all the time. I'll tell you that one of the things that I see in my clinic based on tons of blood work is a major vitamin D deficiency. And that's because, well, we're indoor humans. We're We're not outside. And so you can't get, unless you're eating sardines, and we do have a sardine deficiency in the American culture. Not in my, not enough for me. I'm, I'm good. But and the Americans don't eat sardines. And sardines are such a powerful vitamin D, vitamin A, omega-3, low mercury kind of thing. But other foods are very low in vitamin. It's hard to get vitamin D in your diet. You need the sunshine is all I'm trying to say. And so I have a huge deficiency. So I'll say majority of my patients are on a vitamin D supplement because we know it's such an amazing preventer of chronic illnesses from asthma, eczema, cancer, uh, immune recurrent colds and all that other jazz. And the rest, you know, I mean, I love caring for children from birth, even before birth actually, but I love care. So we start on the right foot. So my baby's first foods that are in my clinic, we work with sardines. We talk with oysters. We're talking chicken liver. We're doing, cause we're trying to get the most nutrient rich foods. So they don't have to grow up on a supplement, but oftentimes I'll get kids that they're, you know, only eating crackers and ketchup. So I have to do a little bit of something. So I, but I would say vitamin D as a general rule is a deficiency I'm noticing in a lot of people. Probiotics. I am starting to use them more regularly in all newborns because I've done a lot of research for my eczema program and B Infantis is a probiotic strain that is just missing from mamas in all of the United States and in our babies. And it is a, is a, a linked with the deficiency of B infantis is linked to many chronic dis- diseases. So now I've started in the past couple of months, actually recommending that as a regular probiotic in all the babies in order to prevent disease. So those would be like the two things. Um, and then omega threes, cause we don't live in a fishing community and in North Carolina, where I live, we're inland. So fish is not uh, something that people eat regularly. So we, um, so I try to do either plant-based or fish-based uh, omega-3s. Okay. I have a question about supplements for you that I get asked quite often. What are your thoughts on kids taking a multivitamin? <laughs> My favorite question. <sighs> Drives me nuts. Can I tell you? The multivitamins drive me batty. And in fact, you know, I did a YouTube video on it. I've got Instagram things on it. People are like, no, 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 seriously, but what multivitamin? I'm like, no, seriously, no multivitamin. The problem with multivitamins is that they have a little bit of something that serves nobody. And so when you're like, oh, okay, I, my child has a cold and I would like some zinc. Well, the zinc, for example, let's say for a two-year-old, there's like 7.5 milligrams that I would do for a two-year-old that has colds. When you look at what's in a multivitamin, it's like 1.5 milligrams. Pixie dust. What are we doing? And then in order to give them enough zinc, you're going to overdose them on vitamin A or you're going to overdose them on B vitamins. The, so I don't find that they're useful at all. And I know the next question is going to be, but what about if they're picky eaters? Picky eaters, we roll up our sleeves and we go to work. And this is coming from a mama who has a picky eater. He's doing much better, again, 14 hours, 14 years of work. But this is a kid that only ate Lucky Charms, only drinks glasses and glasses of milk, white bread, pancakes, waffles. So I got you. I got you. My thing was we are going to eat fruits and vegetables, and that's where you're getting your vitamins from, obviously eggs and really good meats. 
vitamins come from food. So even in picky eaters, I don't recommend a multivitamin. I do have some kids that are chronically ill and I have medical grade multivitamins, but I know the levels that I need. That's very specific. I would never just say, let's all be on this multivitamin because the levels are too high for kids that don't have specific issues. Okay. Thank you so much for that advice. And I'm going to chime in with you about picky eaters because my 17-year-old was the pickiest eater you can ever imagine as a child. And I just want to tell you moms out there or dads, consistency is the key. We just constantly had the fruits and vegetables in the homes and the good meals, things like that. And today as a 17-year-old, he is such a healthy eater. Like he just craves the good stuff, craves the vegetables and the fruits, and he just has no desire to eat the junk food. So I promise you, if you stay consistent, eventually they'll come around. It happens. It happens. You know, and I think what um, a lot of our parents, what they don't know is that the, you can't, so if you have a child that is, loves carbs and sugar, that's their gut bacteria that loves carbs and sugar. It's not the child's mind. It's the gut bacteria. So over time, because here's the thing, these humans we birth, they're sneaky and manipulative. We love them, but they <laughs> manipulate us, don't you think? Oh, for sure. And then, right? And then before you know it, you're like, how is he just eating crackers and Lucky Charms? Like, how did this happen? Because, you know, I wasn't going to let that happen. Anyway, but then, then we train their taste buds to like carbs and sugar and whatever. And then we're like, here's broccoli. Well, broccoli is very bitter to taste buds that want sugar. And so we have to have the mindset. It's going to take time and training. You can train your taste buds. It's not going to happen overnight. Every 30 days, a third of your taste buds die. In 90 days, you get a whole set of new taste buds. And all those taste buds depend on the food you give them. So if you continue giving into their cravings and give them sugar and Lucky Charms and crackers, they're going to continuously want that. But if over time you you have one bite of grape, one bite of carrot, one bite of whatever, slowly you're starting to train the taste buds towards more fruits and vegetables. And it can happen. The other day, my 14-year-old, who often used to sit at the dinner table and eat air. That's what we called it. His dinner was air. <laughs> and um, he, he was, we were in the car and he goes, oh, raspberries. Oh, I think I'm going to try some. I almost drove off the road. Uh, and love <laughs> like, it. What? And he's like, oh, they're a little sour. I'm going to keep eating them because they're a little sour. I had to like keep my neutral face and not because, mm -hmm. you know, I had to just like make no, I was like, oh, it's amazing. What interesting stories you tell, son. You know, oh, that is awesome. I love it. I just learned something new from you. I did not know that taste buds change that often. So thank you for sharing that. I'm glad I sure. learned something. Okay. So we, you talked about the gut. So I'm really curious to ask you about eczema. Do you believe that eczema? Well, okay. Let me say, I have a ton of followers who ask me about eczema. And so I feel like it's this uh, problem that is becoming more and more of a problem today. So I'm curious to know if you think eczema is related to the gut. Oh my gosh, the eczema, the rates of eczema are out of control. In 1970, we had one in 15 children have eczema. We are now at one in five. And in some cultural populations, ethnic populations, it's one in two. Wow. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and you know, everyone is like, oh, it's a skin issue. What a skin issue. Like what are we all putting bleach on our children? Like it's, it's, it's not, it's actually a gut issue. And there's so much research out there. And you know, you're going to say like, well, so we have 
all these babies that are born via C-section. We have all these kids that we're giving them Tylenol like it's going out of style. They're teething, boom, Tylenol. They have a boo-boo, boom, Tylenol. One dose of Tylenol can increase a child's risk for eczema by 30%, Antibiotics. We know we're like, we are intolerant of our children being sick. We are intolerant of being sick. I have a cold. I'll go to the doctor. I'll demand antibiotics. The doctor is pressed for time. They give you antibiotics. Everyone is happy. And now you've you're destroying your gut. One round of antibiotics puts a child at 20 to 40% risk of developing eczema. That's crazy. <gasps> crazy. And then anti-reflux medications, babies, they're spitty, they're colicky, they're whatever. And it's so easy to diagnose them with, they have reflux. Let's do some Zantac. Let's do some Pepsid. These dose, these medications are strongly associated with developing eczema, not to mention all the other things, but so if we don't pay attention to that, and now here's the interesting thing. If you were to Google right now, top causes of eczema, you'll get uh, cats, dogs, the dry air, cold air, chlorine, like all environmental stuff, which is true. You have to search page 722 on Google to be like, ah, oh, Tylenol and eczema. But if you put Tylenol, does Tylenol cause eczema, PubMed, you're gonna be like, what? How are all these studies here that I've never seen? Just remember your search engine is not where you think it is. And it's going to cater to a very specific thing. So often you don't see it. But in my practice and in the program that I created, we work on the gut and we help kids heal from eczema. And then lo and behold, seasonal allergies. And lo and behold, the asthma has gone. Can I tell you, I have dads that send us testimonials. They're like, I, I need to send you this testimonial because I had, I was forced into doing this program. <laughs> yep, they always are forced. <laughs> I was forced to do this program because I had no choice. And my seasonal allergies are better. So I just want to say thank you. Had dad's like, my back acne cleared up. That thank you. You know, like all these things because it's all rooted in the gut. So if, if again, if our mindset is, I understand that eczema is rooted in the gut. Of course, the steroids help because it's a Band-Aid, but it's a topical. That's why it keeps coming back and over and over. And here's some scary facts. 20% of kids who have eczema now never outgrow it. Oh, that's interesting. 20%, right? And 75% develop seasonal allergies. 50% develop asthma. About 40% develop food allergies. 6% develop ADHD. And we're like, ah, it's just a coincidence. Is it though, really? Is it a coincidence? The eczema, and I like treating eczema because you can see it. So the body is sending a yellow flag, red flag, like, hey, something's amiss. I don't like something. Something is not right. We're paying attention. And if we fix the eczema, we will prevent the other illnesses. When you have asthma or ADHD, it becomes very subjective. Are you coughing? Are you irritable? How's your memory? It's very you know, gray. So it's a little bit harder for parents. Eczema, boom, your skin's falling off or your skin's not falling off. It's pretty black and white. Right. And it really helps parents to see how fixing the gut really helps heal the body. Okay, love that you said all of that. But I know my listeners right now are thinking, okay, my child has eczema. You said it's the gut. Tell me what to do. What do you suggest their first thing to do is? Okay. First thing, and this is my first thing for anything that you do in life is you've got to be good with your mindset. And I know you hear me say this like this seventh time, but 
if you don't believe that eczema is related to the gut, you're going to do any program, just kind of a half butt situation. You're just going to give kind of an effort in my clinic. You know, now I've treated like thousands of patients, the families that come in and they're like, I got you. I hear you. I don't really, I'm not really sure I understand how, but I believe you. And we're going to do whatever you say. And we're going to follow along. Those families get a hundred percent better fast. The families are like, well, that's interesting. Well, I will give it a go. Mm, You're going to get well kind of results. So you have to have your mindset that yes, gut and skin are related. Feel free to Google that all you want. Tons of information on that. And then we got to look at the diet. We process foods, all those preservatives, everything that you have on your Instagram page speaks to that. You know, you make it so easy. You were like, instead of this, eat that. I'm like, I don't know how much simpler it gets because I look at your page all the time. I'm like, oh, now we have protein powders and now there's like protein bars and now they're, you know, cereal. Like you have, you make it so easy for people to have find the substitutions because you've already done all the work for them. They don't have to read the ingredients because you did it. <laughs> and so, which is so amazing. You're such an amazing resource. So we're going to go ahead and get rid of the ingredients we cannot pronounce. And if you're like, what, what are you trying to say? Here's some easy tools. Number one, if you can't read it, don't eat it. If you have to Google what this is, it's not a food. And if you don't know what it is, your body doesn't know what it is, and it's going to irritate your skin. Number two, my rule is whenever you pick something that is packaged, aim for less than five ingredients. Hence the name of my book, The Rule of Five. But um, you want to have five or less ingredients in a packaged product. And generally speaking, you'll stay out of trouble because it's hard to put preservatives, food coloring, and all the other garbage in less than five ingredients. True. And just start with that. And then start becoming aware of sugar in your child's diet. Sugar is detrimental to the skin. It it's, uh, makes us age faster, more wrinkles, more eczema, more psoriasis, um, all the different skin. It breaks apart the collagen inside our skin cells. So our cells are in, I want you to think of a cell with a lot of um, scaffolding inside of it. And that's how it stays nice and plump. It's got scaffolding holding it together. When sugar comes in, it just chops away some of the scaffolding. So like pieces are falling down. So basically the roof's caving in. So the cell is caving in. That's what real eczema is like caved in cells that are mushed in sugar. And I know most of us think we don't have enough sugar. I did a sugar challenge in March on my Instagram page and we all were crying because I, this is what I do. And I went in my pantry, you know, on Instagram to show everybody what in my pantry and I'm flipping over my late July corn chips and lo and behold, there's sugar. And then I flip around my herbal tea and lo and behold, there's stevia. And then I'm like, what? And I read ingredients and I didn't see it, you I, know? And I was like, oh my God, it's, there's so much sugar. It's crazy. Well, and people think like, oh, sugar. Okay. I'll cut out the ice cream and the cakes and the pies and the cookies. And I'm like, no, go look at your ketchup, your spaghetti sauce, your applesauce, that one. Oh my gosh. When I saw sugar and applesauce, I was shocked. So in America, it's just in so many things. So when you tell people to watch your sugar, it's more than just the cakes and cookies. It's your everyday ingredients. Right. And you know, and I, people are like, feel, I'm like, it's not our fault, right? It's the food industry's fault because you use sugar to cover the taste of the chemicals they put in food. There's chemical, there's, there's engineer, chemical engineers who are in a lab and their whole purpose is to make the Dorito 
tastes so good that when you're at the end, the bottom of the bag, you want another you want bag. more. Exactly. Well, not more, right? But those chemicals are very bitter. And in order to mask that, you put sugar and dextrose and rice syrup and all the names of sugar, which is 256 names of sugar. So you use sugar to mask the chemicals so people will buy more. Mother Nature makes a tomato and she's got to compete with a Doritos. So you know, like, you don't understand. They're so good. I'm like, I know, because there is a person that meticulously studied this versus mother nature's like, here's a cucumber. Right. And we, our children's diets are laden with sugar and it's not your fault, the consumer. It is what has been done to us and all the marketing. Let's talk Gatorade for a second. Oh, is this a sports drink? You, a lot of parents are like, oh, well, my athlete who is five years old is on the soccer field <laughs> and without a sports drink and electrolytes, they're going to perish. And I'm like, what has the marketing done to our brains? Right. You know, I mean, an orange has more electrolytes than Powerade, but who's going to make a commercial about an orange? Right. Oh, it's so sad. But I hope people are, I feel like people are wakening up and starting to educate themselves and are tired of all these illnesses. So hopefully we can keep this movement going forward. One oh, yeah, I agree with you. One last question about eczema. Do you recommend probiotics to those dealing with eczema? Um, so I have a seven-step program that we do, and actually probiotics are down towards the bottom. Okay. You know, a lot of people reach for them. They can make a great, a great benefit. However, we have to be careful when we started in our plan because some probiotics can make eczema worse and some probiotics can have a huge benefit. So there's a specific way that we, um, that I add probiotics to the eczema regimen, but it's actually towards the bottom, contrary to what a lot of people would think. Okay. So if people are dealing with eczema and want to come see you for this seven-step protocol, do you take new patients, online patients? We have the eczema. The eczema transformation is an online program. Oh, so perfect. anyone, we have people from the UK, Australia, New Zealand has now gone global. So it's pretty exciting. And we're getting like really awesome results um, in doing it. And again, there's yeah, Facebook lives. Anyway, just come join us. It's now available to everybody in any country. Oh, I love that. I love hearing that. Okay. Talking about the gut, I now want to ask you another question. Um, one, do you see kids in your clinic that are dealing with depression? And two, do you relate the depression somewhat to the gut? I'm seeing, unfortunately, a rising number of kids with depression, and it is related to the gut and our environment, of course. Um, but yes, yeah, so the, the teenagers, especially, so I'll say tweens and teenagers that I have in my clinic that are, are struggling with depression, when we look at their diet is fast food and it's a lot of sugar and sugar is so inflammatory to the brain, not only to the skin, but it's to the brain. And here's a fun fact. We used to think that our brain, like you're born with your brain and then that's all the cells you have for the rest of your life. So good luck to you, <laughs> which is really depressing. However, in the nineties in Canada, um, scientists have uncovered the hippocampus, which is a wormy looking thing in the middle of our brain. And that's where we continuously make new brain cells. Things that make new brain cells are plants, sleep, sunshine, movement, and good mindset. Things that kill brain cells, sugar, food additives, preservatives, drugs, obviously, alcohol, obviously, stress, 
emit a lot of medications. So you have the power. And the more brain cells we make that are strong, the less depression we're going to have. When we go to sleep, the other thing is in the gut. How does it relate to the gut? In the gut is where we make serotonin, which is a feel-good hormone. About 60 to 80% of our serotonin is made in the gut. So a lot of people are like, oh, I make serotonin in the brain. You do, but most of it is in the gut. So when you when you hear uh, medicines like uh, Prozac or Zoloft, those are serotonin reactic reuptake inhibitors. And that means that they block the receptor, they create more serotonin. They, they, whatever the body has, let's say the body has 20 serotonin molecules, that medicine keeps it in between the nerve cells. So the nerve cells can fire properly. When we work on the gut, we help the body make more serotonin molecules. So if you only have 20, because genetically speaking, or whatever has happened, we help you make more serotonin. So instead of the 20, now you have thousands. Now you don't need a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor because you have plenty of serotonin going through your body and you're feeling good. Same thing for dopamine. Dopamine is a focus and memory uh, hormone is also feel good as well. That is also made in the gut and with proper food, vitamins, minerals, and nutrients, specifically magnesium, vitamin C, zinc, and the B vitamins, that's how we make more neurotransmitters of dopamine and serotonin. And they travel up the vagus nerve to the brain to make us feel good. Okay, so I know all that information from studying it, and I love that you just shared it, but there are doctors out there who still are telling people that food has no role in depression. So what do we even say to that? I know. Do you know how many, I mean, I have people in my eczema program, they're like, but my doctor just said that I'm wasting my money because food has nothing to do with eczema. I'm like, (sighs) Uh, okay, well, the other plan is steroids, or in the other case is Prozac. It, it, we don't learn about it. We do not learn about it in medical school, the, the power of food, even though Hippocrates, thousands of years <laughs> ago, was like, let food be thy medicine. You know, so, and in ancient times, that's how they treat it. They treated you with food and herbs. And then we came along in the 1800s when they st- discovered, you know, med- true medications, and they poo-pooed all the herbal and all the other things because, well, the power and the money is, you know, when the information comes from power and money. So they squashed all that. So now we get a different message. I know. I had three different followers this week from three different parts of the U.S. tell me that they went to go see their doctor for depression and both or all three said that food and your diet had nothing to do with it. And I was just, I I was just shocked. I'm like, that happened to me 15, 16 years ago when I was dealing with my depression. But 15, 16 years later, we haven't figured this out with those thousands of studies of the gut-brain connection. So we, we don't. And you know, when I tell people, I'm like, hey, listen, there's also these studies at Duke University, a major medical school and medical center, where they took people uh, that were on pro- with moderate to severe depression. 50% of them got put on the Prozac group and 50% of them got, they had to walk or move 60 minutes a day, every single day for seven days a week. And then they carried the study out for six weeks. The people in the movement group did as well as the people in the Prozac group. And yet we don't discuss that with our patients on a regular, they don't even have the option. We're like, hey, let's, because a lot of people, I agree with you are like, I'm so tired of these meds. There's more meds and more, how many more meds can we take? And they're looking for somebody to go, hey, listen, why don't you try movement? you know, why don't you try eating some fruits and vegetables, lay down the alcohol, 
How about we tone down the stress because stress is going to kill brain cells. We already just discussed that, but that takes time. And in all, you know, I, because I, I practiced traditional medicine for 20 years, when you only have 15, 10 to 15 minutes with each patient, and by the way, that's not dictated by doctors, that is by the hospital system and by the suits, but we're not going to get into that conversation, but the doctors have 10 to 15 minutes, you're already 45 minutes behind because you truly can't care for a human in 10 minutes. So you're 45 minutes behind, here comes a person in front of you who's struggling with depression, and they're at their wits end, and you're just thinking of the clock, I'm just being honest, this is what happens, I would walk in and I'm like, oh my god, I saw the waiting room, and I have 10 minutes, the clock, go, you know, and so I'm like, let's go. And so they're crying. They're upset. You can't do anything in 10 minutes except write a prescription. Because let me tell you, I can do a Prozac prescription real quick. You need hours of time to help somebody who's suffering. You cannot do it in 10 minutes. And this is why we've gone in the, the pickle that we're in. And we can't, we're just throwing more medicine in the situation. And the people have this message because you need time to speak to somebody about all the different things that can help them. And just maybe movement is not for you and maybe food is for you or whatever. Where are you on your journey and how can I help you? It's, it's so hard. You cannot do it in 10 minutes. That's why parents need to get educated on all this stuff so they can empower themselves to make the best choices for their health and their kids' health. Okay, so let me just ask you about depression then. If you have a client that comes in with depression, is your protocol the same as the eczema and the immune system, meaning nutrition, sleep, movement, stress, all those five things that you talked about. Is that the same for depression? Totally the five things. And I'll tell you something. A lot of people are like, oh my God, we can't get in to see you because I'm booked out. So I was like, hey guys, you can get the book and Amazon messed up the pricing and it's $10. (laughs) Get the book before I figure out how to change the price. (laughs) Just hurry up. But the book gives you the the pillars to get started because that's what works. That's how we're building the foundation. Now, I'll tell you one of the things in depression, the social media and the isolation is a huge, it's a bigger component than an eczema because we know that social isolation is a tremendous risk factor for anxiety, depression, and suicide. And what have we seen in the pandemic with isolation? skyrocketing anxiety, depression, and suicide. And a lot of people confuse talking on either FaceTime or Instagram. I mean, honestly, I feel like I know you because I follow you. Oh, same, (laughs) same. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, we're going to chat. I'm like, wait, she doesn't actually know me. Yeah, I'm like, oh, we're friends. (laughs) (laughs) We're having martinis. But but I sit there and and I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, no, we know each other. The human brain does not make that connection. So like us talking right now and looking at each other on a screen is lovely, but the brain is not interpreting it as an actual connection because I'm not picking up your energy. I'm not picking up your, your vibe and your warmth. And there's so so many more things to the human interaction just than just a voice. And our children are so, their brains are so susceptible to so many things from little, a teenager, a boy's brain does not mature until 25 to 20 years old. Wow. 25 to 28. I know. And a girl is like 21 to 25. So before, and when is suicide the highest? Before. Before, Before they're turning that. 20, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. When are the highest rates of cutting and anxiety and stuff? In the adolescent time period. So their brains are just craving attention, craving stuff. And 
by shutting them down in isolation is so hard. And then we put these screens in front of them and they're all thinking like, well, I'm going to be a star on TikTok. And they spend hours on these devices, which is adversely affecting their brains and they're not communicating with their friends because it's so much easier to send a text so much easier to make a comment on insta than actually go across the street knock on someone's door and be rejected because they don't want to come out and play with you right wow and yeah with covid we definitely have been in isolation some of these teenagers thankfully in utah we've it's been pretty open but i have siblings all over the u.s and in some states I mean, their kids, their teenagers have been on Zoom school for eight, nine months. They, you know, their dance studios have been shut down and tennis clubs shut down. And they just haven't had that opportunity to socialize with others except Zoom. They're, you know, texting, TikTok, things like that. Yeah, I'll tell you what happened to my son. Um, he, one of my sons, he was uh, our school, our local school went Zoom. And I was like, oh, and he was complaining that he's not going to get anything out of it. We're like, fine, no problem. Anyway, we put him in a homeschool, traditional Zoom homeschooling thing so he could be less screen time. Anywho, um, we decided to do a random screen time check on him. 46 hours in a week of YouTube that's how well he was doing. And he wasn't, didn't want to go out, didn't want to hang out with his friends, had a thousand excuses, just wanted to be in his room, but not in this house. Cause I go and I, I withdraw people out of their rooms with the jaws of life, but that he just had no momentum. He was just became a couch potato and became more and more of a vegetable as a pandemic wore on, which we were like, that is not going to happen. So we had to do drastic changes in our house, but even with what I know, this is what happened in, under my own roof because I've never parented in a pandemic. Right. I've never done Zoom school. Right. I didn't know, you know, and anyway, so yeah, well, huge problem. Yeah, the same thing happened to me. I was shocked at my kids' hours because they're claiming, oh, I'm online to do homework and I need to do this schooling and I've got to watch this video. And then all of a sudden you see their TikTok hours or YouTube hours. So that's not out of the abnormality, I don't think. So, right. Yeah. And they're good. These people are good, man. They know how to work the system, right? Because they they tell us, you're like, of course, school. And then I looked at the school time 97 seconds. He was, he would be in some classes, 97 seconds. Oh, wow. Wow. It's a wake up call to all of us parents that we need to be aware of what our kids are actually doing on their screens. So, okay. I have another illness to ask you about or issue, I should say, a health issue. ADHD, that's another one that seems to be skyrocketing. Is this also related to the nutrition, the sleep, the environmental toxins, things like that? Yeah, well, if we we can look at my other son's lunch that he used to have at school, and uh, it was, I'm not even kidding, Go-Gurt's, uh, Nutri-Grain bar, chocolate milk, a Uncrustable, because, you know, I was hitting all the food groups. Right. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, as after the nutritionist talked, I was like, oh, wow, he's getting like 40 grams of sugar just at lunch and his poor body, no, more than that, like 60 grams of sugar lunch and his poor body can only process 24. So odd that his teachers are calling me daily about his ADHD behavior. He was chewing pencils underneath the seat. He was putting, stabbing the bus seat with, I mean, anyway, so as we went through our detoxification of all this stuff, when by the time we got to fifth grade, I walked 
walked into my, to the parent teacher conference and I'm like a defeated parent. I'm like, Oh, here we go. Let's do this. And she's like, oh my God, Jake is doing amazing. And he's participating in class and he's focused and he's doing this. And I was like, oh, <clears throat> that kid sounds amazing, but I am Jake Temple's mom. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know who that kid is, but he's amazing. But uh, I think he, you know, he's under the pot. And she's like, well, why would you say that? I was like, oh, well, and I tell her the story of what happened in the other five years of elementary school. And she goes, can I ask you a question? She's like, tell me, tell me, what do you feed them at home? What do you do at home? I want to know what it, and I was like, oh, sure. And by that point I was on, like, we were five years into the journey. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I got on my high horse and I'm like, la, 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 la. And she's like, well, don't you think that because of all the work you put in there, he's a different kid in my classroom than he was last year or the year before the year before that didn't even this way. You don't treat your own kids. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yes, Mm -hmm. (laughs) ma'am. Didn't even see it, you know, because I'm so, because when you're in the parenting mode, you're like, and especially when you have one with ADHD, I mean, mine was so annoying and Tasmanian devil and just destroyed everything. It was uh, anyway, but yeah. So food, the, when we look at the stuff that we put, we know food coloring. We have so much medical data to show food coloring stirs up ADHD symptoms in a lot of kids. It's not hundred percent. It's in a lot of kids. We know sugar stirs up ADHD symptoms in a lot of kids. Preservatives. I mean, we can go on and on, you know, uh, when I have people that don't believe on my Instagram page, I'm like, here's all the studies for yellow dye, red dye, you know, because people be like, blue is fine. I'm like, no, blue is not fine either. Look at this medical study with blue dye. Again, the brain, the dopamine, which is focus and memory is in the gut and serotonin, like we talked about is in the gut. What does serotonin have to do with anything? ADHD and anxiety are interrelated and someone who has ADHD oftentimes has anxiety and vice versa is true because the two are just so incredibly overlapping, but our hormones that make us, or excuse me, our neurotransmitters that make us focus are created in the gut and they're created by the food that we eat. Okay, so I want to ask you, what do you say to all those people out there on Instagram? Because there's all sorts of uh, doctors and nutritionists and people on Instagram teaching that all of those things are in safe amounts, that red 40 is fine because it's in safe amounts, you know, or sugar is fine, it's in safe amounts. So, and I mean, you hear it for every ingredient, high fructose corn syrup is fine, it's in safe amounts, preservatives. So what do you say to that? I, well, after I, my eyes bleed and my ears bleed and I have a two-year-old tantrum. I'm not even kidding. I, I have to put everything down. I'm like, okay, take a moment, take a moment. There's actually no data of what a safe amount is. So there's 10,000 food ingredients that have been approved by the FDA and grandfathered in and assumed to be safe. There is no actual data to show that these foods are safe in our children. And it enrages me when I hear like, oh, well, they're chemicals and an amino acid is chemical and magnesium is a chemical. Therefore, red 40 is a chemical. Okay. If it's fine, why is it not in, in nature? Why, how come a tomato is not colored with red 40? I take my examples from nature because we think as humans, we know better than mother nature. Can we for one second, just go COVID-19? We do not know better than mother nature. We think we, do, we don't know. And I'm always taking my cues. I'm like, if it is in nature, it's good for me. If it's in made in a lab, 
the human created a thinking they know better and they most often don't. GMOs, I mean, I can go on like, you know, for days. Right. Because I'm always like, well, you, you, you and I. We, we could do a five-hour podcast, but. On that one. But that's kind of, that is my thing. And I'm like, you know what? Here's the other thing. When we, evolutionary standpoint, if you went out into the forest and you went and looked for forage for mushrooms, if you saw a bright orange mushroom, would you eat that? <laughs> no. No, because it's poisonous and we know that is awful, but you'd go out and eat a Dorito. Right. Right. You know what I mean? And then we'll go, but it's safe. Really? That's weird because in nature you die. And then suddenly here we're, we're slowly dying from the Doritos, but we don't know it because that's how good this food industry has created these garbage things. Right. And I have gotten to the point because I have people every day on Instagram tell me, but it's in safe amounts. So I finally am saying, you know what? I just look for ingredients that nourish my body. So if red 40, if you feel like that nourishes your body, then have at it. For me personally, I don't believe it nourishes my body. So I'm going to go find the foods that have ingredients that nourish my body. So, and, but you know what? That goes back to mindset human nature, us humans, we don't want to change the norm. We want to stay in the norm. Like we want to stay in our track and we don't like change. I know a lot of people are like, I love change. I'm like, no, we don't. Humanity wants to stay and we will do everything to stay within the lane. So when somebody puts, puts ingredients, man, I got blasted and lost many nights of sleep from Instagram stuff anyway. But when people feel that their normal way of doing things is being threatened, they go into fence mode and they come after those people. They don't even want to hear any research. They don't want to hear what's on the other side because we are threatening their normal. And threatening the normal is a very scary thing. And people don't want to. So the folks that are like, okay, you know what? I'm right. Like when my mind opened and your mind opened, you're like food coloring, let's do this. Got it. And meticulously you go through the whole thing. You're like, what else can I learn about food coloring? Let's get it done. When my mindset was closed, I'm like, Shh, it's fine that my children's Motrin and Tylenol is red. It's fine that they eat fruit gummies that are colored. It's no big deal that they get candy at the doctor's office. <laughs> and so, <laughs> but it's because true. that was my normal, I would fight to keep the normal because that is like the human drive, which, so that's why I've just now just have grace for those folks. And I'm like, that's great. You do you, I do me. And Thank you for sharing. So, which is, sounds like what you're doing. Right. Well, I could pick your brain about so many illnesses out there. Um, thank you for touching upon eczema and depression and the immune system and ADHD. And I love that it's basically five pillars, the nutrition, the sleep, the stress, the movement Move. and environmental toxins. Correct. Yes. So we don't need to make it complicated. I think a lot of people are like, no, can't be, it can't be this easy. We're actually going to make shirts in my clinic. That's like, it can't be this easy because a lot of this stuff is easy, but we feel that it needs to be surely if it was this easy, they would teach it in medical school. Surely if it was easy, everyone would know this. Right. But it's exactly. I love that you say it's easy. And so I hope the listeners today can have this takeaway of focus on those five things. Take one step at a time. Don't get overwhelmed. And if you do that, you'll see so many health benefits for you, your kids, and your family. So thank you so much for being here with me today and letting me pick your brain. But I close every episode of my podcast with asking the guest what they're 
what they think the best ingredient to life is. The best ingredient to life is open-minded, being open-minded. When I opened my mind, my life got so much better. I became less angry. That is a great one. No guest has said that yet. So I love that. Okay. Tell my listeners where they can find you. Instagram and tell them where they can find your books, things like that. Awesome. Um, I'd love to have you guys on Instagram. I do so much free education because the true meaning of doctor is actually teacher. And I try to give, uh, you know, my tribe as much information as I can. So that on Instagram is D-R-A-N-A Maria Temple. My, I'm trying to take over YouTube now. Oh, good for you. <laughs> so I'm, do, I'm doing YouTube videos to make, again, people's life easier in, you know, five to 10 minute videos on different things. I go into the grocery store and how to pick milk and multivitamins and such. And then my book is on Amazon, The Rule of Five, A Parent's Guide to Raising Healthy Kids in This Unhealthy World. It is created with a very busy mom in mind that has like four kids, works a part-time job, trying to home cook and do all these things. And the book is in bullet format. So you literally pick it up. You could read a chapter in three minutes. You do a takeaway, highlight it, put it down and pick it up in two days from now and learn something new and work. And it's made to be done in tiny little steps. So you'll see huge results and you can get that on Amazon right now. As I said, the price has been messed up. So it's 10 bucks. And uh, with uh, my YouTube channel is Dr. Anna Maria Temple. And of course, all the courses and all this information, if it's uh, D-R-A-N-A-Maria.com is my website. And all the stuff is there with one, one click away to make your children's and your family's wellness just a little bit easier. I want to tell my listeners, if you have kids, if you don't have kids, you need to follow her because you do give so much free information and people will feel really educated and empowered after following you. And I'm excited to watch your YouTube videos. I didn't realize you had YouTube, so I'm going to have to check those out. So like I said, you guys give her a follow. You won't regret it. You will learn so much. And again, thank you, Dr. Temple, so much for being here and letting me just ask you a variety of questions. This was so great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to subscribe to the Just Ingredients podcast to learn more about your health and good ingredients to life. Plus get daily tips at just.ingredients on Instagram.